there might be some surprise out there from some of you listening. And we we're talking about this coronavirus and how how bad it could get, how bad it probably will get, the overreaching effects on it. I mean, Italy's basically the whole country of Italy is basically quarantined at this point. And we're talking about the impact that it's having on the stock markets, the impact that it's having on your money, your 401k plan, your retirement money. But yet this whole podcast, we seem to be so upbeat about it. And the reason that is is because this could be an incredible opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you to stay positive, to not have a knee-jerk reaction and do what a lot of people want to do, which is to uh, sell their portfolio and put everything in cash. This is an opportunity to reevaluate where you're at, which, where you're at from a retirement planning standpoint, and then take advantage of the opportunities, whether that's re refinancing debt that you have at a much lower rate, whether it's taking advantage of some of the Roth conversion strategies that we talked about or the dollar cost averaging strategies, this is a time to be very, very positive and not not have a knee-jerk reaction and do something that will have everlasting negative impacts on your retirement plan. So we should be upbeat. Things are going to get better. It's not going to be the end of the world. We're going to we're going to be just fine. We just need to take a look around and see what opportunities, opportunities are around us and uh, keep a level head with everything. Good morning. We are coming on the air now with breaking news from Wall Street in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. Stocks have stopped trading on Wall Street after a 7% drop. The coronavirus has now entered a devastating new phase as the World Health Organization declares it a global pandemic. There are major worries about bankruptcies across the oil patch, with the price of oil continuing to languish at multi-year lows. Coming on the air with breaking news and the turmoil on Wall Street amid the coronavirus outbreak. All three major averages, the Dow, the Nasdaq, and the S&P, set to plunge as the trading day begins as it has just a few seconds ago. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. One word has been dominating the headlines. What is it, guys? Corona. Coronavirus. No, no more cold. Not Corona, the beverage that's good with the lime. It's Some Somebody was talking about air, air tickets are so cheap they're going to Mexico for lunch. <laughs> so I was thinking Corona. I think Corona beer has actually seen a decline in people buying their product because they're associated with the coronavirus. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, that's terrible that. for Corona. I don't care for Corona. I'll you know, I, I thought about how that would help or hurt Corona as this was coming. I thought it would actually help them. You know, who would ever think that it, the virus is actually coming from the beer Plus, everybody's talking about coronavirus, right? It's top of mind, yeah. yeah. Subconscious. Well, it's top of our mind as we sit down and help people kind of plan their retirement vision. And I'm here with Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner. The other voice you're hearing on the mic, Rochelle Smith, she's a producer. And I'm Molly Nelson, the host of this podcast. So the coronavirus, we know that the headlines are changing on that every day. The numbers, the stock market, I mean, that stuff is all in flux. But Lauren, as you, as you watch this and as you talk to clients about this, what's the takeaway about the coronavirus and, and what's happening in the financial world? Well, from a conversation standpoint, the opinions are all over the board. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that feel like it's kind of ridiculous. It's being overblown. Um, some people are really concerned about the, the 
stretch or the reach of the coronavirus. The one thing about the coronavirus is it is here to stay, and it's going to continue to get worse. There's going to be more people that are going to continue to be affected by the coronavirus. And what where the conversation always ends up is how is it going to impact their retirement? How is it going to impact their financials, their portfolio? And what can they do to insulate themselves from the crazy market volatility that we're seeing today? And then we start talking about opportunities. We talk start talking about what can they do to take advantage of the volatility that we're currently seeing because our clients, our families, they're, they are already insulated. We've been anticipating volatility now in the marketplace. We started talking about it in November of 2017, and we started talking about this strategy we call taking profits, which means the market was at an, at, at an all-time high. Take some profits off the table, put it in a place where if the market continues to go up, they're going to do okay. If the market does go through a correction, a bear market or a recession, they're going to be okay, right? They don't want to blow up and they want to make reasonable returns on the way up. So we started doing that in November of 2017. 2018 was a rocky year. 2019 in the market was a stellar year. And then we started fourth quarter. Actually, in the summer of last year, we started talking about how 2020 was probably going to be very reminiscent to 2018. Now, nobody could predict the coronavirus, Nobody could predict the oil war that is, you know, the coronavirus oil war is creating this market volatility, but we anticipated that there, it was not going to be as rose colored as what it has been for 2019. So they're prepared for it portfolio wise. And now it's a matter of how to take advantage of it. And there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of strategies that we are now implementing to do so. So our conversations have been very good. They're not panicking. They're not necessarily overly concerned about the short-term volatility in the market. And we're busy taking advantage of it by implementing some strategies. Yeah, and if you listen to those headlines, you're going to hear a lot of different terms. Another brutal day on Wall Street. The Dow sinking over 1,400 points, officially entering bear market territory. I would put it on course to close in a bear market, Jim. Are, yeah, I mean, are we, no, I mean, are we I declaring think, the end of the bull market today? Yeah, I, I think that that's certainly a realistic thing. Threats of recession among uh, the worries powering last week's uh, volatility. Today, we want to talk about some of those terms. What do they mean? And what do they mean for you if you're a pre-retiree and how could they affect your portfolio? So first, Lauren, let's just talk about this volatility. We haven't seen a slide like we saw recently in since 2008. 2008 was a wild, wild year. Actually, it was about 18 months that was unprecedented in recent market history. And that's really what we're seeing now. It, it hasn't been as sustained as what we saw in 2008, but it has been a very rapid drop. Just since, since the market highs, the S&P 500 is off 18%. Right. And that will probably continue to go that way. Some days we're up a thousand points. Some days we're down a thousand points. That's just what we that that's what this recent market volatility is bringing to us. 2008 was much more sustained. It was an 18, 18 month bear market, 18 month recession. And the S&P 500 was down 52%. So is that where we're going now? Nobody really knows. I don't think that's where we're going, but uh, it's, it's how, do you, how do you insulate yourself from that type of volatility and can you take advantage of it? So the stock market uh, gets a spirit animal uh, often associated with it, the bull or the bear. So the bull market is, is what, Lauren? The bull market is when we have a, a steady increase in the stocks, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be as quick as, quick as what we've seen these, these stocks go down, but it's just a, an over, overtime steady increase in the, in the stock market. And really, 
over the last, you know, since 2008, we've enjoyed, generally speaking, a bull market. Now the fear is the bear. I don't know if it means the bear comes out of hibernation. I'm not exactly sure how they associate this animal with the stock market, but the bear we know is a drop or a sustained drop in the market. It's a drop from recent highs of 20% plus. So the S&P 500, if it's down from the recent high more than 20%, that is classified as a bear market. And again, the, the most recent sustained bear market is 2008. Okay, a correction, another term we've been hearing in the news. What does that mean? It's when the market from recent highs is down between 10 and 20%. Okay, one more. And this is the one I think that can be the most concerning for people as they're, as they're watching all of this is the word recession. Are we there yet? Are we headed that way? What does it mean? The recession is more of an economic-driven event. We, the bear market, a correction, though, that's all stock market stuff, right? It's a measurement of the volatility of the stock market where the recession is a measurement of the economy. And typically it is described as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, right? So that's an economic measurement. And if we experience two consecutive quarters, then we're seen to be in a recession. Okay, so we haven't, of course, had that been classified yet in, in connection with the coronavirus and what's going on. No, we're not, we're not in re recession territory yet, and I don't think we're going to be in the short term. We're going to have a recession. We haven't had another one for, for the last 11 years. On average, recessions happen every five years or so, about four and a half years. So we probably will at some point. I just don't think that this is, this is the year. You know, every, everybody, everybody tries to predict this stuff, and it's really incredibly difficult to predict it consistently, time and time again. But there are a lot of indicators out there that we can look at to give us an idea of where this economy is going. Are we in a recession? Are we going towards a recession? And that can help us with our, our portfolio models and strategy that we look to implement as well. So some, some of the, the indicators that people look at is, number one is consumer confidence. Consumer confidence represents 70% of, of, the, of the GDP. So are, is, are consumers confident about what is going on in the marketplace, about their job status, about their current income, their future income? We know they're buying a lot of toilet paper. They're buying a lot of toilet they're paper. Confident. They're, they're confident in toilet paper and hand sanitizer. They're buying a whole lot of stuff right now, right, based on the coronavirus. And typically it's seen is if consumer confidence drops 15% from year over year, then that could be an indicator that we're headed towards a recession. Well, consumer confidence right now is doing really well. In fact, it's, it's the highest that we've seen over the last 18 years. So consumer confidence is doing really well, which would be one indicator that is saying we're not headed towards a recession. The other one is interest rates. And you you guys have probably heard of this dreaded yield curve, the inverted yield curve. And we've seen an inverted yield curve many times over the last couple of years. So what the idea is, is once the 10-year treasury is less than the two-year treasury, then that could be an indication that within the next two and a half years or so, we could be hitting a recession. Now, that took place last year a couple times. Right now, the 10-year treasury is higher than the two-year treasury. So that, that's, that's going up and down. So is that really an indication that we could be going to a recession? Some people really believe in the inverted yield curve, and so they would mark that as a yes because we hit that last year. What about bonds? What is this doing to bonds? Interest rates. So that's that has to do with the bonds. Okay, so interest rates have been dropping. 
there was an emergency emergency cut on the on the Fed rate, and what that does is that makes bond you know the, that makes bond prices go up. So the bond yields go down, the prices of bonds go up. So bond portfolios, the money that you have in your bond portfolios have been increasing, but the yields that are being offered out there, the the amount of money that a company will pay you has been going down. So it's but typically it goes up, right? I thought I read, and we can cut this out if I'm crazy. I thought I read somewhere that the interest rate got cut and yep. typically bonds go up. Now, what term I should use? That's exactly right. So, But it didn't happen this time. No, 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 no. That, okay. That's exactly what happened. So that's what I was it, talking about. Okay, so, it did so happen. So the, interest, the rates, interest rates got cut, bond prices go up. So okay. there's a couple different components of bonds. It's the price of a bond, which means what can you buy a bond for on the secondary market? And then there's the yield of the bond, which is what are you going to receive for purchasing a bond? So bond prices. The yields went down, which is the interest rate cut, and the bond prices went up. And that's typically what happens, that's, but that's, that's different than that's what usually no, happens. That's typically, typically what happens. So you already own bonds in your portfolio. The value of those bonds have increased because the yields went down. And as interest rates increase, the value of those bonds that you hold will go down. He really wants to draw something on a whiteboard I mean, right now. I, I feel like we need some props in here. <laughs> this is an excellent prop opportunity. That's why we call it a prop cast. <laughs> okay, so did you want to mention anything else about the factors of a recession? You got consumer confidence, interest rates. We talked a little bit about bonds. Are many, those the many, main factors uh, that go into it? Well, there's a lot of them. There's a couple more here. So we have manufacturing. So there's an index that measures manufacturing. And they, what they say is if the index falls below 50 then that is an indicator that a recession is happening. So last year, the manufacturing index fell to 47.8, which is the lowest it's been for some time. Now, right, right now, it's up. It's up over 50, but it's just, it's just on the edge of 50. So some would say that that could be an indication that a recession is coming. Another indication would be unemployment. Unemployment rates are at record lows. We're at about 3.5% from an unemployment standpoint. Uh, the last 70-year average is over 5, 5%. So unemployment... That, that indicator would say we're not heading towards a recession. You guys see where we're going here? There's a lot of indicators. Some of them are saying we're not heading. Some of right. them are saying we are heading. Um, and, so, and so this is, this is again, goes back to nobody can accurately predict this consistently time and time again. And, and that's why it's important from a portfolio standpoint, from a retirement planning standpoint, to make sure that you are prepared for when you are wrong. As a planner, we are wrong. That's just what happens. But when we are wrong, we can't let that derail our clients' retirement plans, our, our retirement's retirement vision. And that's why we have to plan for the worst, but we also have to be able to, to prosper when, when things are really good. I don't believe we're going to hit a recession this year, but I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, the clients are going to be fine. The clients' portfolios, the clients' retirement plans are going to be fine. If I'm right, they're going to do just fine as well. And that's really the position that people should be shooting for. And I know I've heard you talk about this as an opportunity. So I think we've done a really good job so far kind of setting where we're at, where we could be going, but really how to maximize the opportunities that are ahead of us. And I think uh, just this question that we have here can kind of help start the conversation. Uh, give us the quiz question, Rochelle. From 1998 to 2018, if you would have been invested in the S&P 500 index 100% of the time, you would have earned a 7.2% annual return. What would you have earned if you missed only the top 20 days? A, 5.3%, B, 
1.15%, C, negative 2.8%, and D, negative 3.5%. Well, it's clearly going to be lower than what you would have got had you stayed in. I don't know the answer. I'm going to guess B, 1.15%. That is correct. And what, what this goes to show is it's not about timing the market, right? It's about the time in the market. Because if you miss just the top 20 days, you go from a 7.2% return, is it 7.2 if you were in the market the entire time, versus a 1.15% if you miss just the top 20 days. So it's not about how, it's not about timing the market and trying to to get out of the market and get back into the market, get out of the market, get back into the market. It's about just spending the time in the market and making sure that you're taking enough risk to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, but you're not taking so much risk that when the markets do go down, it blows up your retirement plan. At a conversation just this morning with a guy, probably pre-retiree, retiree age is my guess, and just said something, start the conversation, how are things going? You know, the general term. I said, oh, well, we're watching this, you know, crazy stock market at work and, and, and trying to just, you know, see what's going to happen. And he says to me, well, my wife retired in December. I hope she doesn't have to go back to work. And my immediate reaction, I'm not sure if this is what Lauren would have said, but this is what I said was, gee, I hope you aren't that heavily invested in the stock market if you're already retired. I mean, is this a serious sentiment that some people that are already retired are having? It is serious because we see this every time we have big volatility or, or sustained big volatility or certainly a recession. 2008, most people know of somebody who had to come out of retirement. Most people know of somebody who had to change their lifestyle because they lost so much money when the market derailed. And this is what we talk about all the time at our workshops is most people have no idea how much risk they're actually taking. So when we go through these negative times in the markets, they are really uncertain about how their portfolio is going to react. So that's the sentiment that your that gentleman expressed is he doesn't know if his wife's going to have to come out of retirement. And was my answer a good one? I mean, I, you know, when I'm out in public trying to uh, talk about these financial discussions, I'm like, what would Lauren say? What would Lauren do? I need like a bracelet. What would Lauren say? <laughs> or I, I need him on speed dial. I mean, would that have also been your sentiment to him? I would have focused more on getting a retirement plan. Don't you have a retirement plan? Your wife has retired now and it's not too late, but it's, you should never, I mean, the market has been so good for so long. Everybody knows at some point we're going to have volatility. Everybody knows at some point that we're going to have a serious dip. Don't put yourself in a position to lose the game when that takes place because it will happen. It's inevitable. And now we're here and a lot of people don't understand how much risk they're taking in the market, don't understand how the market movements are going to overly impact their retirement plan. That's, that's what I would have focused on is you need to get a plan. It's not too late. This market's probably going to rebound this year, so you have an opportunity to make any changes that you want to make this year before we do go through that sustained recession. It's all about the plan, making sure you understand how your money is going to react when these negative times do come in the market. Next time I'll call you. You can, <laughs> you can talk. <laughs> Wait, you call don't have Lauren on speed dial? I don't, but I should. I should probably have Lauren on speed dial because as soon as I try to have too many financial conversations with too many people, I find myself saying, hmm, where's Lauren? <laughs> where's Lauren when I need him? This is, this is an incredible opportunity, though, for, for a lot of people. One is just, it goes hand in hand with what you were just saying there, Molly. This is an opportunity for people to kind of wake up because every time we go through sustained good periods in the market, people kind of fall asleep. They could become lackadaisical. This is an opportunity to wake up and say, what am I doing? 
Am I in the right position? Am, do I need to take some risk off the table? Should I be reallocating the portfolio? Because I do think the market's going to rebound and people will have a chance to say, was that experience too rough for me? Right? What we just went through, was it too much? Did it jeopardize my retirement? If so, they can make some changes before this next period of volatility comes in, because I think we're probably going to go through this a couple different times this year. So when this rebounds over the next four to eight weeks, whenever it happens, then if if you didn't like the ride that we just took or it's going to derail your retirement, this is an excellent, excellent opportunity to make some changes. The other aspect is interest rates are at all-time lows. We may not see this type of interest rate environment for the rest of our lives. Who knows? But we know that they can't get too much lower. So if you have some debt that you can refinance, mortgages, now is an excellent opportunity to take advantage of this environment. If you can save some money on your debt service, this is, this is an excellent opportunity. So there are opportunities, there are strategies. You just have to stay, keep your head up, keep your eyes open, stay positive, and look at the opportunities that, that you're surrounded with. In the correspondence that we've been having with the families and individuals that we work with, we've been talking about taking advantage of this, some of the stuff you just mentioned, but we've also been saying to them, if a Roth conversion makes sense for you this year from a tax perspective, you might it might be time to execute. Yeah, so there's two things there. One is the Roth conversion needs to be right for you from a tax perspective, meaning that when you take money from a pre-tax account like an IRA or 401k plan and you convert that to a Roth, you will pay taxes on the amount of money that you convert. So if you're converting $20,000 over, at what level of tax rate you're in is what you're going to pay on that $20,000 conversion. So if it makes sense this year from a tax perspective to do that, what a great opportunity to, to uh, execute on that conversion because if you can time it with when the market is low, like where, where it's at right now, that means you're either paying less tax or you can convert over more shares. And then when this market rebounds, you're going to have all of that growth tax-free. So we have been busy for the last couple of weeks executing Roth conversions because, because uh, again, we were waiting for this volatility. We had a whole list of people who knew they wanted to do Roths. And we said, when the time comes, we're going to be on the phone. We're going to send you emails. We're going to say, this is go time. And that's what we've been doing for the last few weeks. Another piece of correspondence that we had uh, in the last couple of weeks with uh, families is dollar cost averaging. We might be able to employ some strategies around that now. 2017, November, again, we, were, we started taking profits off the table because the market was so good for so long. So we have, with almost everybody, we have a piece of their portfolio that is safe money. So when this volatility crept into the market, it, it, it wasn't negatively impacted whatsoever. So what we are starting to do is take a piece piece of that safe money a little bit at a time and incremental, incrementally getting it back into this market when it is low. So it didn't get negatively impacted by the downturn. And eventually when this market does come back, they're going to have all of that growth from that otherwise safe money. But we're not doing it at a level that will hamper their retirement if we're wrong and we do and if this turns into a recession. So we're doing carefully. But if you can get safe money into the market at these levels, I think that's probably a good thing. So people do have an emotional connection to what they're seeing. Obviously, we know on an emotional level, we're concerned about the coronavirus, you know, hitting our neighborhood, hitting our family, hitting the people that, that we love. Then we watch the financial kind of indications and, and it can be hard not to get emotionally kind of invested in those, Lauren. And, and maybe if you're listening and you do have money invested in the stock market, which a lot of people do, inside their 401k, um, 
to sell. You know, your, your knee-jerk reaction might be to sell, but you're saying, hold on. This market today is very much emotionally driven, and it's easy to understand why, because you hear, and every day it seems like the coronavirus is getting that much worse, and you just don't know how bad it's going to get. So the, the emotional knee-jerk reaction, when you see the market down 18, 20, 25%, is how bad is it going to get? How bad is it going to impact me? If I cut my losses right now, it's not going to get any worse. I know that. And that's one of the biggest things that creates fear is uncertainty. And if you sell out right now, you have certainty. What you have certain is that you've experienced the loss that you have today. You're not going to have any more losses, but you, you're locking in those losses. Today is not the, the best time to be selling. And unless, it, unless, unless you really think things are going to get really, really bad, um, you do not want to sell. I think we're going to have some opportunities, again, to realign, reevaluate where you're at from a risk standpoint, re reevaluate what you should be doing going forward. And this is not the time that we want to push the sell button because I think that will hurt you more than anything else at this point. And we've seen some big slides, kind of overall a net slide. That indicates that people are selling, though. They're not, they're not listening to your advice, right? There are some people that are selling. I think, uh, I think largely, though, these slides are, are being done by institutional managers. See, this market is not, like, is not being traded like it has been over the last 20 years. Now there's a lot of algorithms out there. So we're talking about computer trading. These institutional managers are trading billions of dollars, and they're trading micro shares. Uh, and just trying to eke out profits per micro share. So what happens is they set these target levels. So if AT&T gets to a certain level, then the computer is automatically going to sell so many shares. If, if AT&T gets to another level, then the, the computer is going to automatically sell so many shares. If AT&T gets to another level, then the computer is going to automatically buy so many shares, right? So a lot of this trading now is done through alg algorithms and computer trading, and that's why... Um, that's why we do see a lot more flash corrections than what we've ever seen before because it's so many shares are being traded at the, at the micro and computer level. I've seen people posting on social media and if you see it on social media, that's obviously just a little slice of what the rest of the world is feeling. But I've seen several people say, Oh, just looked at my 401k. Don't look at your 401k. So they're seeing this happening though on a personal level to them. Yeah, they are because when the markets go down, if their 401k plan, the mutual funds that they're invested in in their 401k plan is invested in the stock market, which most of them are, at least to some degree, then those mutual funds are going to go down, which means their 401k plan balance is going to go down. So the market, the S&P 500, the Dow, the Russell 2000, all of these all of these different indices just measure what these securities, the stocks and bonds are doing. And if, if a lot of the institutional traders are selling, whether they're intentionally doing it or it's the algorithms that they put into place are, are creating those sales, then the market is going to go down, which means the 401k plan balances are going to go down. Just, just like when the markets are doing well, right? The last 11 years, the market's been doing really well. The 401k plan balances have been doing really, really well also. So there is a direct correlation. And a reminder, if you're approaching age 59 and a half and you're watching this happen, you're getting close to, with most employer plans, an opportunity to take your money out of the 401k and, and have even more control over it. Many people still don't realize that at 59 and a half, they have the ability to take control over their 401k plan money. Not all plans are there yet, but most of the plans are there, which means 
If you sweep the money from your 401k plan and you put it in your name, your control underneath your IRA, you don't pay taxes on that rollover. And now underneath the IRA, you have a lot more investment options available to you than what you've ever had underneath the 401k plan. And where a lot of 401k plans are deficient from an investment option standpoint is on the conservative types of, of options. They might have a lot of different stock options. They might have a lot of different blended stock and bond options. But if you just really want to be conservative, there's not a lot of options underneath most 401k plans. So after 59 and a half, if you sweep it out to your IRA and you want to be conservative or you want to be even guaranteed, you have a lot more options available to you underneath that IRA. Because underneath the IRA, you can literally invest in just about anything you want to, whether you want to be conservative all the way up to aggressive. So it's not a bad strategy to take control of your money when you want to. Now, that does not mean that you have to stop contributing to your 401k plan. Because when you sweep that money from the 401k plan to the IRA, you still want to continue your contributions. The 401k plan is an incredible contributory vehicle because a lot of the 401k plans offer free money, right? We love free money. So continue to contribute to the 401k plan, get the free money, get the match, but just take control over the largest balance of your retirement, most likely, which is most people's 401k plans. If you'd like to kind of see where you're at, we've got a really good resource on our website. It's MerkleRetirementPlanning.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, RetirementPlanning.com. And it's our retirement scorecard. There you can take a quiz, take a test, kind of see where you're at. It'll really get you thinking about all of the pieces that go in to reaching your retirement vision. We'll continue to talk about that retirement vision on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Is there anything else you want to add, Lauren? You can talk about how the German people feel. How do the German people feel? I don't know. On CNBC this morning, the there's a headline that says, Coronavirus Updates, Merkel <laughs> says most Germans will get the virus. Uh, she said 70%, actually. <clears throat> 70%. Is that your spread. sister? Cousin. <laughs> the Chancellor of Germany. Chancellor. Of it's spelled Germany. the same way, too, right? E-L. Yo, ooh, that's an E-L. E-L. I think that's the old German way. So when we came over in the boat, they just... Somebody switched it to L-E. Kind of like the news last night. They called it Merkel <laughs> with an L-E and Merkel with an E-L on the same exact you? headline. Yeah. Same exact name tag. Lauren Merkel, L-E, Merkel Retirement Planning, E-L. <laughs> oh, bummer.